When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome to an episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 184. I'm here tonight with Ryan and Tyler. It is um, another slow week. How are you guys doing tonight? Sorry, we have Alavila out there. Firing oh my God. Right, right now. So It could be worse. I would have been happier if you did nothing. It could not have been worse. It could be worse. You could be Heim Bloom in the Boston Red Sox not spending money. He gave away Michael Fulmer. He, literally. Like, it was probably the equivalent of trading for Chris Draper back in the day. Except for we're on the other end of it. What did you get from Michael Fulmer? Good question. Uh, <laughs> dude who throws a ball. I. It's literally, it's it's uh, Steve Baseball. That's his name. And When Tiger Mike's pissed off, that's all I need to know. We got all going to do is see his reaction, burnt. and that's how I know whether or not to be pissed off about this trade in particular. Tyler, future it's... considerations is a better player than what we got. <laughs> on both deals for him. I mean, Grossman, okay, cool, whatever. I get Robbie it. Grossman, we got really. a guy who was not even ranked in their system. And then for Michael Fulmer, we got their 39th ranked prospect, who is a double-A pitcher. And not for baseball overall. No, for the, for the team, their 39th ranked prospect. And he's a uh, he's a double A pitcher right now. Well, I'll, I'll one up you. We're three and a half games out of the wild card, and we traded our starting catcher for two prospects. And then we went out and got an outfielder and a first. We got Eric Hosmer for nothing, basically. Well, you guys are still better than us. That's that's nice. If this was soccer, Tyler, we'd be relegated. That's what would happen right now. Again, well, I, I will say one thing, Al Avila, like, I don't understand how that guy still has a job. I know we're not a Tigers podcast, but what I don't it, understand how no he still put has it a job. I really don't get it. Where's Nolan's quote? He had a good one earlier. He has moved of somebody. Our friend Nolan Bianchi an, an hour ago. The Tigers either let Al Avila run their trade deadline while knowing he will be fired at the end of the year or are still considering keeping Al Avila beyond this season. Both of these things are completely unacceptable. So why didn't, if they didn't want him to run this trade deadline, why didn't they fire him and have an interim do it? Because it seems like they're not going to fire him. Like Chris Illich, it seems like has zero appetite to fire Al Avila. And, and it, I don't it doesn't know. doesn't make sense. The Venn diagram of GMs of like good GM, like Al Avila and Steve Eiserman and like good qualities, there's no overlap there. Like zero overlap. I my quote was so Avila is both not rebuilding the team while giving away people for nothing. Got it. Again, we will lend you Eiserman for two weeks. Well, like I said, Eiserman is the guy that I trust the most in terms of being a fan of any of the sports teams that I that I follow. Well, if you I were mean, going it, it, Detroit sports, Iserman would be at the top of the list. You'd probably then have who? Brad Holmes, then Troy Weaver, and then um, the guy walking on my sidewalk right now, uh, Ryan GMing his daughter's softball, and then Al Avila, <laughs> like 456th out of people I would You might allow. as well put Chris Draper on there as an assistant. Sure. Sure. I Chris think I Draper's said this assistant. when Daniela was on the podcast. I trust Eiserman more than I trust Bill Belichick being a Patriots fan. It's and that's I mean, he's earned the he's earned the respect. That's what he's earned. And that's part of we're what we're going to talk about directly tonight. winning a cup. Sure. I mean, that's other than as a player. Yeah, it's still impressive in its own right. I mean, Sackick finally got over that hump this year, but knowing what Iserman's capable of. And I, I know we've spoken about this ad nauseum. I mean, he's earned it. Mm-hmm. And you can listen to Woodward sports, listen to really any Detroit 
related sports talks show out there. Anything. All three team, all three major sports, baseball, not one of them. Nope. That has respect amongst the fan base, amongst the media, amongst really pretty much anyone that's breathing and has a brain. Yeah. Al I mean, Avila has managed to take this team to the depths of the original shit tigers back in their late nineties. And it's actually yeah, before Dombrowski took over. Yep. Yeah. Iserman is, we've talked about it before. Iserman's earned the respect. And we're going to talk about tonight a little bit more of what his moves could be coming up here. But I think we're going to start with right off the top after we got our pissed off tigers rant out of the way. There's the garbage. <laughs> what a garbage organization. I don't understand, yeah. but uh, Vladimir Konstantinov, we are running the contest right now. If you go to our Twitter page at Grindline Pod, you can also find it on our Facebook. I put a link to it up on Instagram. I will be making uh, probably tomorrow or Thursday a short TikTok video about it. Uh, we are giving away six signed copies of Keith Gave's new book, Vlad the Impaler. One person will win the book a Beat Them shirt and a Grindline podcast shirt, plus some stickers. All you need to do is follow us on Twitter, retweet the tweet, drop $5 or more into the Vladimir Konstantinov Special Needs Trust, and mm -hmm. submit a screenshot in our thread. Uh, right now, last I checked, we are approaching the $400 mark in donations just based off of one day of the contest so far. That's to add to our over $400 in t-shirt uh, design sales. So Got a lot so, of popping off today for t-shirts too. Yeah. So, so far, I mean, uh, we were close to $800. I, I mean, I have wild goals for this. I tagged absolutely everyone. So if you could go join I the contest tag them daily for the next seven days, I would too. I might. Uh, but yeah, if you could go join the contest, uh, enter to win the shirt, donate to Vladdy, it all goes to an amazing cause. We're going to end up doing some more stuff with it too. But that is the contest that is currently happening. And like Keith said, if you go back and listen to our episode, our last episode with Keith gave, it's, I mean, it all goes to him because if, if he ends up not being able to afford it, he can go to what most would consider a home where people really don't thrive. And uh, the guys he has working for him now know how he needs to be cared for, know mm -hmm. his mannerisms and what he likes and what he doesn't like and can give him the best care possible. But it's very expensive. And that thread too with our contest, we also have the, um, the change.org petition to try and get the decision reversed to cut that funding. So check us out, uh, like I said, at Grindline Pod on Twitter, uh, and then the same on Instagram and Grindline Podcast on Facebook. You'll find links to the contest, but we'd love it for everyone to enter. We want to raise a ton of money for Vladdy. Mm -hmm. Cool. And, and cool really, stuff. in a way, I wish we could figure out who's already purchased a Beat Them shirt, because I feel like they should automatically be entered into this contest. Sure, I, that's you know hard. I mean? They don't give me information, I don't think. Yeah, it just says if it's U.S. or Canada or wherever they purchase it from. It'd be neat if we could somehow, maybe if you throw out there a message. Like maybe you, tweet or, a picture or, of like you in your out, shirt. Tweet out something with the shirt that they purchased before even this thing kicked off. As long as they submit it by that point, maybe have, them, have it so they're entered. Because that means that money is going to go to the GoFundMe. So, and technically majority of the purchases, I believe what we get on the shirt puts them, does get them over that $5 threshold that we asked for. So. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Maybe I'll shot. throw out there that says. Maybe they just can DM you if they did it. Post. Well, I can just say, drop a picture of you in your shirt in the thread. That works. And then too. I can track it that way. Um, but yeah, it all goes to a good cause. And if, if the Illiches aren't going to do it, then I guess we're going to do it. So <laughs> if you're listening to this, even if you don't have the means to donate, if you could retweet it or share the contest, yep. that would really help us out. We're trying to get it to as many people as possible. But tonight, I think the bulk of what we're going to talk about, I mean, do we want to do the Iserman stuff first or do we want to do the Cadre stuff first? Because I'm kind of sick of the Cadre stuff. Let's talk about Kadri. And he's, uh, Nazem Kadri is driving the hockey world insane. It is currently August 2nd. He has not signed with a team. A no lot way it's of this, kind of impressive. Sure. Impressive. I mean, John Klingberg signed a one-year deal. Uh, and when he was, I guess, hoping to get a seven-year deal, and that didn't happen. Yeah, that was never going to happen. But it, it sounds like Kadri, from what I have read recently, all signs point to the Islanders. 
So the Islanders have the cap space. They wouldn't really need to trade very much. I don't think if anything to get him, it said they did say they'd have to make some moves. They have $11 million in cap right now. They still mm-hmm. need to sign Kiefer Bellows, Noah Dobson, and Alexander Romanoff. So they would have to make a trade to be able to fit him under. I mean, you may be able to find someone to take a Casey Sezikis contract. You might be able to find someone to take a JG Pajo contract. Didn't they just re-sign Sezikis too? He's on a he's got four years left on a $2.5 million deal. JG Pajo has four years left on a $5 million deal. Brock Nelson has three years left on a $6 million deal. So there are pieces. I mean, I'll take a Matt Barzell. You can trade me a Barzell all day. <laughs> yeah, okay. But yeah, that's they, not going to happen. I think they'd have to move at least one person to make room for a, uh, a cadre as well as re-signing their RFAs. I mean, they, they do have Oliver Wallstrom they can send down. So really, they'd actually be, if they sent Wallstrom down, because he can, he's waiver eligible, mm-hmm. the waivers, waivers exempt. I mean, yep. that puts him at 12. They could roll with 13 with him. But yeah, I mean, 11.1 mil. Three guy, only one of the guys is arbitration eligible. That's Kiefer yeah. Bellows. Yeah, so the other two, they just got a tender. I mean, yeah, you run into the whole, um, Offer sheet potential. Mm-hmm. But let's let's yeah, offer sheet. No, it doesn't really happen, though. That's the other thing about exactly. the offer sheet. Unless you're being petty with Montreal, which is something else we need to touch on. But it does seem that teams have gotten slightly more ruthless. It, I think it, they maybe got a little the crazier to do it. Sure. I mean, they, you're getting cap strapped again. It's stagnant cap. Stagnant cap has caused these situations. Yeah. Where you're looking at guys, yeah. guys are not going to keep their their earnings the same the league making less money is not the player's problem uh so flat and cap didn't this year which we know is a fact flat cap not the player's problem so if you're going to see an offer sheet and, and granted you did see offer sheet uh for Kotkaniemi that was not matched and, and he was able to go and if you look i mean Kiefer Bellows He's 24 years old. But what I'm looking at, Noah Dobson needs a contract. He's 22. Noah Dobson can be offer sheeted. Alexander Romanoff cannot be offer sheeted. He's a 1002C. That does not allow for an offer sheet. So, I mean, if they're going to sign a cadre and if if what was, I mean, quote unquote reported where cadre wants in the the neighborhood of nine to 10 million on a seven year deal. I mean, that's Does he really people are going to want to you're going to have to clear space. He's not getting that. Did you see the season he had? That's what everyone's going to He's not getting season? nine or ten million a year. Good Even if he grief. gets eight, they would only have three. The Islanders would only have three million left over. What's his what's his uh, predicted? Yeah, oh, I know you're going to ask me about this. I don't have it pulled up right, right now, yes. but I can go look happens. at it. Really I don't quick. have it up, and this is, I ask these questions. You do. You ask the questions, even though if, if you're asking the questions, you should ask it and then immediately have a an answer for me. I don't know why you're yelling at me. I would say he probably gets <laughs> a, when it's all said and done a seven or an eight year deal. Oh no, it can't be eight, right? So a seven year deal, yeah. unless it's with the Avalanche, it could be eight. A seven year deal worth. Seven and a half per. So here's the predicted Somewhere around there. The predicted contract is a seven year contract at eight point four six nine million. So seven years at eight and a half million. Again, the Islanders would still have to clear space. Yep. And if now they, they're down to three mil, because you got to think that they're going to give Dobson a bridge, which mm-hmm. is going to be more than just the minimum. Mm hmm. And then you got a guy going to arbitration. I mean, is there a, who who is it that's on arbitration? You are looking at. I didn't think someone was actually on arbitration from the Islanders, were they? Bellows? Keeper Bellows can go to arbitration. Did he file? I don't know. Okay. Well, if he filed, you can see him on the arbitration list, but I could be wrong. <laughs> so here's the fun one. So you look at Noah Dobson. As a RFA status, signing with the same team, eight-year deal, six four seven, six million four hundred seventy-six thousand is his projected contract uh, per Evolving Hockey. Kiefer Bellows, on the other hand, one year, nine thirty-nine. Kiefer Bellows did not file for arbitration. 
No. So he's no. just okay. Working out a contract. Got it. So he's going to be more than probably that one million. Yep. So again, uh, they're in what several would call. Dobson, though. I'm not going to lie. What several would call a pickle. Um, and they're going to have to make some room. So they're going to have to get rid of one of their larger contracts for probably dirt cheap, no, which no is where Steve Eiserman throws on his Batman mask and swoops in to make a trade. He takes a cap dump for a pick like he did with Mark Stahl, taking that second round pick to pick up Mark Stahl's contract. And I mean, there's there's several players on the list here that because I think if that if if Eiserman's going to make another move, there were also rumors at Kadri to Detroit was possible. I think those rumors only happened because we have money and <laughs> we signed cop. There's no need for a second line center again, unless your plan is to move cop to the wing and I'm not moving cop to a third line center. That's a waste of money. Uh, what you would just spent to play on a third line center role. Yeah. If you, you were going to sign Kadri, just sign Kadri initially. Sure. Yep. And I mean, now if you did sign Kadri, maybe you put Kadri on the wing and maybe you flip him at the, maybe you make a, if he was going to do a Klingberg type deal where you sign him for a year and flip him at the deadline, maybe he doesn't have a, uh, his heart set somewhere. Maybe he wants to prove that he can repeat the season because the season that he just had could totally be an anomaly. Maybe he wants, maybe he wants to show he could, now, I don't know, but maybe he could want to show that he could repeat this season. And then yeah, you but flip he's not going to have that roster of Colorado around him again. No, but if he banks on himself and then gets flipped at the deadline to a team that says, hey, we want to extend you long term. Yeah, but then do you, do you want to risk running into that potential Marion Hosa debacle in terms of now you're betting on yourself year to year signing these one year deals? Not saying I'm not taking the, the route that he's going to follow Hosa and be like, oh, I'm hurt now, I, I can't play, blah, blah, blah. But are, are you going to risk losing security, if you will? I guess and that depends on how confident money, I mean, you Kimber are. Kimber got paid more than what he was expected to get. So I guess in a way you could say that he won. But now you've got the opportunity to get traded which I think he's got a weird no trade and it's up until around the deadline or January. Yeah, but or 10 like team no trade. Yep. So, I mean, it's possible. I mean, you could potentially get more money, but again, you're, you look at the teams that have cap space and not many of them are good. Yeah. Well, that tends to be a trend, right? It's the, weird how that happens. So, like I said, he, he, he could go to Anaheim. Sure. They've got the cap space and they've got a roster that he could fit in with potentially. He could go to Arizona and get a, uh, you know, a, a seven year deal or 10 million per does, if that's what he really wants. Yeah, does something. that come with an honorary degree? That seven year from ASU? Arizona State Coyotes <laughs> there. So I, uh, and again, I think that only that people like Merrick bring it up and people like Friedman bring it up because we have the money. I don't think we really have the need anymore. The need is not there because we, like I said, we signed an Andrew cop. And if we wanted a cadre, I mean, cadre would have been our target to begin with. Didn't so, cop play on the wing a lot with Winnipeg though, if I'm not mistaken. Cop has played both wing and center. So, I mean, I guess the only thing is, is if you wanted cadre, if Eiserman thought that that was the second line center and he wanted to move cop to the wing, he could. But I mean, Iserman did then, say because I mean, because think about it, like a lot of general managers and even coaches like to have two centers on the ice at the same time. Um, you know, and obviously that's a luxury thing to have. But like. I don't know, I, I feel like if, if you could make it work, then it probably makes you a playoff team today. But sure. I mean, it, they don't need to go out and do it. If it falls in your lap and, you know, Kadri wants to come to Detroit and it's a, it's a good deal. I, I don't see why not, but I just, I don't see it happening, especially given the fact that, what did you say? He, he was looking for a seven or an eight year deal worth mm-hmm. 10 million per. Yeah. That's nine to 10, but evolving yeah. hockey projects a seven at eight and a half. Yeah. Even then, I mean, I mean, I, I guess I, the cap is going up. So I guess, 
But I mean, the wings wouldn't do that. I no. Is he going to pull a Zach Parisi or uh, Joe, not, not Parisi, uh, Joe Pavelski and maintain that style of play at 38 years old? And the other thing you got to look at too is by so. the time the season starts, I think he'll be 32. So really? it's, I mean, he's an older player. He is good for a team that is going to be in the playoffs starting next season or already in the, has been in the playoffs and is just trying to get over that hump. Yeah. He'll, I think he'll he'd be good in a Calgary right before the start of the season. He could go to Calgary and be their first line center. I think Calgary would be center. a good fit for him after losing out on uh, Johnny Gaudreau and then having what Calgary does. It would absolutely make sense out there. So I think that's a possibility too. another. Um, but I mean, I, like I said a little bit ago is that Iserman, I don't think that's the kind of deal he makes. I think if Iserman makes any more deals before the season, it's cap dump type deals where he takes on bad contracts or like, we'll talk about maybe an offer sheet. And one of the kind of other rumors that's swirling around is that the Montreal Canadians are looking at picking up a PK Subban. They have $248,000 in cap space left. There was an article. I can't recall who wrote it. I think it may have been someone from the hockey writers that said, maybe Mike Hoffman would be a fit in Detroit on a kind of Mark Stahl type deal where you take his $4.5 million contract. He only has two years left on from Montreal. You maybe get Montreal's second round pick. They've got two firsts next season. So I don't think they'd care about giving up their second. You maybe take that pick and a Mike Hoffman so they can sign a PK Subban. Mm-hmm. And then you turn around and offer sheet Kirby Doc because Kirby Doc does not have a contract right now. And if you offered Kirby Doc a two-year contract at a $3 million cap hit, you'd only have to give them a second round pick. So you would just take their second and then give it right back to them. Well, would it be, we don't get to choose which second round It's pick. the highest. I, I think if you have your original, it's your pick. So we would okay. give them our pick and we would still have theirs. So it'd be perfect. It'd be hilarious. I mean, because we even talked about Doc before he got yeah. traded out by Chicago. How yeah. great of an idea it could be to go offer sheet him, or at least get his rights. Yep. Now we can just go steal him. <laughs> while I don't see anyone helping there. Montreal out. Do you? No, no. And that would be know. hockey comedy. That would be comedy at its finest. Is you like, yeah, I'm going to work with you. I'll take Mike Hoffman off your hands. Give us a second round pick. We'll take Hoffman. You can go sign PK Subban to whatever ridiculous contract we'll he wants. So I think PK might... I want to look up what his projection is too, because he's making a lot of money right now and he's not going to be making that much money uh, going forward. I don't think so. There's PK no Subban, way he makes that kind of, what was he making like 7.5 a year or something like that? I thought it was more than that. He's predicted at three mil three years, three years, three almost years. four mil. Yeah. Which is yeah, that's about right. At 33 years old. That's not bad for a guy that, I mean, he, the skating's not like it used to be. He used to be able to fly all over the ice. What's funny about it, too. So his last, P.K. Subban's last contract was a eight-year contract. Eight-year, 72 million. So nine million per season is what he was on. Now he's in a drop down to maybe four. And if you take, like I said, if you take Mike Hoffman's 4.5, that opens them up. They can sign him to a, a little under $4 million contract. Then you offer Kirby Doc that $3 million contract. They will not have the means to match it. And I mean, you just throw the pick back over the wall. Subban's still an offensive threat out there. So, But the way I look at it is that if you get that second round pick from Montreal and then you have to give them your second round pick for an offer sheet, I still think our second round pick will be later in the draft because I still think Montreal is going to be really bad. So wouldn't that be funny? They give us Mike Hoffman. We, we also get Kirby Doc and we move up in the second round just for, just for fun. I like where your head's at. I want this to happen now just out of simple, absolute chaos. It's and maximum Twitter chaos. Would, Twitter would burn down. Oh, Hab's, Hab's Twitter would be lay sad with that move. I mean, it's lay sad. They'd be lay sad. Uh, it, I mean, and there again, Habs Twitter is one of the most insufferable fan bases on the face of the planet. And just to watch their collective minds explode if something like that happened 
would be one of the best things that I think we, we would ever see. And it would go down as like one of the best moves any sport general manager has ever made. And just it would because be of how a total funny. troll job too. And that's wow. perfect. And that's a, that's a complete Iserman move, isn't it? Like you look at Steve Iserman and some of the stuff he's done, you gotta be like, Iserman has got to turn himself into like one of the biggest trolls in hockey. And it would just be, I just think it would be really funny. I think it would be in, very funny. You look at Subban on J Fresh, his projected war is 40%, but his ED offense is 86. He's an offensive his, defenseman. And his primary assist per 60 is 84. Like his even strength stats for evolving hockey, evolving hockey are pretty, he's pretty stout. He's and he's got a three shit disturber. And three and five uh, total goals above replacement for even strength offense. And he's even above on defense, too. Kirby Doc just feels to me like a player that's like on the cusp of becoming like a really, really good player. That situation in Chicago is an absolute joke, and we all know that. And it was going to be even worse this year. But Montreal is, it's not much better, I don't think, is it? Here's one for you. Now, how, what's, I, for, I forget, and this happens, I think, every single year with Detroit with Wallman going to arbitration because mm-hmm. they're going to ar- like, does it have to get to arbitration and they get that additional buyout or is it, if they sign beforehand, they don't get the additional buyout. I think that they just have to elect for arbitration. So by electing, are you looking it up? Cause it, it's going to yep. bug me because I'm at, that's going to drive my point that I'm going to try to make here and to make it so that your crazy trade and offer sheet would actually work. Does clubs are permitted to perform a buyout outside the regular period during the 48-hour period beginning on the third day after the final of the CBA, settlement of the club's final arbitration case, or receipt of the club's last arbitration reward? So he has to go to arbitration. So they can't settle. It doesn't look like it. All right. So Detroit goes to ARB with Wallman. Mm-hmm. So this is like this is like the Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi situation. I love how we're getting all galaxy brain with this. Continue. Oh, yeah. Tinfoil hat is on <laughs> thick. So they go to ARB. It, it's decided. Signed, whatever. Don't really care what the contract is. They're fine. It's probably one, maybe two years. Or one year, done. Now, you go buy out Adam Ernie. There's, a, there's an additional roster spot. Which now leaves you open to make your trade for Mike Hoffman while absorbing a second round pick and sending back either a cheap roster player or another pick in, in, in the deal there. But this also sets you up perfectly to go make that offer sheet because you've got the roster space available. Yep. Does it in, interrupt a guy like maybe a Soderbloom here in the next couple of years or a Bergeron? Meh. Worth it. Hoffman's only there for two years. He's, he fits the typical contract plan at $4 mm-hmm. million. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. Kirby Doc, you can sign him. You can put him on a bridge. Hell, he'll probably sign a bridge for you. Well, no, you're going to be signed if you're going to offer sheet and that puts him at $3 million. Okay. You yep. still, still got that's $7 million cap space. Got to assume Wallman's going to have two. So we're at $9 million in cap space. We still have $2 million in cap space, right? We have $11 million. Yeah, well, we've got around 11 million. We got actually, I think, a little under 11. But Tyler, they can go 10% over the cap. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I thought it was 20. Yeah, 10%. You're right. Over. They can go 10% over the cap. Uh, they do have Jonathan Druen on uh, IR right now. So that's 5.5 million uh, that they can go over the cap before they do their 10% over the cap. So they could match the offer sheet. But then they would have to do more messing around with trading people. And at that point, do they want to? I I mean, Kirby Doc, again, they did just get him. So there's that. But buying out Adam Ernie saves you 1.6 million bucks. Cap hit of 500,000 this year, 800 next year. And if you look at if you look at Mike Hoffman, too, I mean, Mike Hoffman was was not terrible. I mean, he scored against no, us a couple times. He's 32 I mean, years old. Offense, but yeah. I mean, he's 32 years also old. Job. He had 35 <laughs> points in 67 games last season, uh, which the season before he had 36 and 52. And then in 2019, 20 at 59 and 69. Nice. But 
six foot, 180 pounds. I mean, again, like Ryan said, he's got some baggage that he brings with him. But no, it's his wife. Wasn't it his wife? That, yeah. That, yeah. I think it wasn't might him have in particular. Both of them. But the thing is, is if you can get him and then he ends up turning around and being okay, if and he, then you flip the him at the deadline. That, you know, that we've seen. Sure. And then you flip Whatever. him at the deadline, Ryan. You flip him at the deadline and get more picks. Like, this is maximum, like, fire, hey, here, the here, fire here Elmo go. gift. You like, got Jay Fresh shit up, throw him on your roster builder and remove oh, out, like, Adam Ernie. I, so this anything. isn't, this isn't like, this isn't like tinfoil hat. This is like NHL 22 GM mode is what this <laughs> is. is. And, and it all gets accepted. Go, try, go pull this shit off. It all gets accepted. But I, I think that if you like, that would be, I think that one maximum chaos would be the funniest way to go with this. Will any of that happen? Nope. No, none of this will happen. And, and I swear to God, Steve Eiserman, I know you're not listening, but if you are, please do it because it would be the funniest thing on the face of the planet. We'll Just Habs do it. The Habs fan, the Habs fan implosion would just be the, the best part of this. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a move that that would be funny. Now, now back in reality, I think Iserman could maybe do a take Mike Hoffman's contract for a pick. And that would help out uh, Montreal Canadiens to clear cap space to sign someone like a PK Subban. And that's, I mean... Why do they want Subban so bad? Just for the reunion? No, I think it is... I think it's because they need defense. Yeah, I mean... They've got six guys under contract. Your highest paid guy is Michael Matheson. Yeah. And they just traded Romanoff out too. The get Kirby doc, right? Wasn't that the three-way deal during the draft? No, Uh, Romanoff is... uh, is he Calgary? No, no, no they tried to roam off away to the Islanders. Islanders, the Islanders. Yeah. yeah, that's what we were just looking at. Duh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like like Ryan said, Michael Matheson is their top paid defenseman right now, followed by uh, Joel Edmondson, David Savard, Justin Barron, Jordan Harris, and Chris Weidman. Yeah, that is guys their, that are waiver exempt. That is their main defensive core right now, which looks. Um, you look at that and you go, I. Okay, I know who David Savard is. That's basically what you're looking at. And PK Subban would help him out. I yeah, think I they've think got Caden Gooley is the guy that that uh, is going to be coming up for the Canadians this year. They also signed Madison Bowie. Oh, they Remember did. I forgot oh, they, about yeah. that. I mean, even on even as the names that we mentioned on their current act, like active roster, I don't think he's better than. I mean, he could be better than Baron and Harris. I don't really know, but. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do. Like I said, there's still moves to be made around the league before Ugh. next month is preseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in wow. August. September well, is preseason. Not only that, but just think of some of the names. You, they, like P.K. Subban, Phil Kessel. I mean, Bergeron is almost all but certain going back to Boston. That and was another one that someone linked to Montreal was Phil Kessel. It's like, where are they going to get all this money from? There's still some names out there that either they, they're they not ready to hang him up. No, no. Especially someone like Kessel. Kessel got that Iron Man streak, which he stepped yep. on the ice for like 30 seconds and then flew home for the birth of his child. So <laughs> He got paid 9 million bucks to only put up 22 points in 77 games. And I will tell oh, you that, that, was, if, that was Subban. I'm sorry. Wrong name. 52 points in 82 games. It was for 8 million. If Phil Kessel goes to Montreal, the only reason he will be going there is for the hot dogs. That's it. The glizzies, the glizzies the at the forum, man, because the forum apparently <laughs> has the best hot dogs in all of the, the NHL oh, and man. maybe the planet, but that if Kessel, no, that's, Fen- that's Fenway park and the Franks. I I've never been to Fenway park, Tyler. I've been there well, once. That's fantastic. Honestly, honestly, Fenway Franks overrated. Get a sausage. If you come to Fenway, that's what she said. Here's uh, my soapbox moment. <laughs> if you come to Detroit, you get the winter sausage, and the winter sausages are delicious. I don't or, know what a winter sausage is. What is that? It's the winters like is the company. Uh, it's a yep, it's a brat. Or you go to LCA, and hopefully the sausage house is open. Oh, it's so good. Unless Isaac's there. If Isaac's, uh, if Andy Isaac's there, then the sausage house will definitely be closed. Hey guys, this is Greg with the Grindline Podcast, and I'm here to talk to you about DraftKings. With mobile betting now live in Michigan, it has never been easier to get in on the action and make those games mean just a little bit more. 
All you have to do is set your lineup, sit back, and watch your games. It's that simple. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, that's billion with a B, to users across all sports. So work on filling that wallet today with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I think the only food I've ever eaten in Little Caesars Arena is um, Little Caesars because when I'm drunk, I like to eat pizza. Well, what's weird is that their pizza there is actually better than it is like, better. No, especially it is. the box pizza. Yeah. Yep. It's like the single slice. That's what I mean. Sorry. Okay. So I've had the pizza. Let's go. We'll just do this. I've had the pizza at LCA. The pizza is good. So are the bread. Mike's sticks. pizza bar is also good, though. Very good. Yep. I agree. But yes. if I'm rating places to eat, like just quick get food, Sausage House is number one. Yep. I've had three of different sausages from there, and they are all phenomenal. You can put on whatever you want for it, and yep. it's all fresh right there. Yeah, nice that will be happening next time. Well, opening night. Opening night, yep. man. Speaking of, of, two days, tickets go on pre-sale. Opening night will be real uh, interesting. I will be, got them. I will be flying back from Orlando that morning. Uh, I have a work trip in Orlando that is five days long, and then I will be coming home that morning to put mm-hmm. on my jersey, probably hungover, and then make my way to LCA. So wait, Tyler, what time are you showing up? Speaking of flying, I don't have the flight details. My dad has them, but I'll, I'll get them. Said to you got the tickets. His dad got the tickets. <sighs> yeah, I need those deets. Need the deets. Get, I'll get you the deets. Get me the uh, deets, Tyler. What day is that? Thursday. Are you coming in Thursday or Thursday, Friday? Yeah. If that's all right. Yeah. Well, Kim Possible gets the deets over there. There's uh, not much else happening in Red Wings land right now. Um, it is confirmed that the Casper is going back to Rogla. Good. I like he that. He posted some stuff on it uh, that he will be going back. Tony Ferrari did a sweet write-up on the prospect pool where he gives them a that. glowing review. If you go check his work out at the Hockey News, uh, he is he's just doing God's work out there, just praising Steve hey, Eiserman all day. Favorite bald analyst who's a closet Red Wings fan. He says he's a Leafs fan. I don't buy it. No. I mean, at, at this point, a lot of people are Red Wings fans. If we were talking, I was talking to uh, Daniela, because Daniela, if you haven't seen also her spot on NHL Network, it was very good where yeah, she covered the Red Wings. And I was going back and forth with her on Twitter. And I think that the NHL this is going to be the season where the NHL will not be able to ignore the Red Wings. They're, the Red Wings are going to have the that talent. Your words or her words? My words. Yeah. That I don't think they're going to be able to. There are going to be storylines. You've got David Perron, who if you read the athletic article Whoa. about David Perron, how he was snubbed by the Blues and that really kind of pissed him off to the point where know. he said before he thought he could retire and just live in the St. Louis area. Now he doesn't know if he's going to be able to do that. And I mean, when you've got it to the kid, I mean, granted, at five and seven, your kids are going to be emotional no matter what happens. Yep. But like when they're in the story that you're just referenced, they, all of them were crying about having to leave St. Louis. Like, yep. I, I now yeah. have a new hatred for St. Louis after <laughs> reading that article. So now you've got you've got Dave the story, the David Perron storyline. You've got a storyline of what could possibly be one of the best, very young goaltender tandems in the entire league. You've got Mo, Cal- uh, Mo Calder is what I'm going to call him now. Mo Sider coming off of his Calder season. You've got Lucas Raymond who made the all rookie team who could break out again. You've got mm-hmm. Dylan Larkin coming off his tear of a season last season. Yeah, Verona coming in, hopefully healthy. You've got hopefully Verona for a whole season. There's yep. going to be storylines coming you out of the potential. Another no, um, Calder winner and Simon Edmondson. You could have Edmondson come in and challenge for Calder. Depends on where he starts, but yeah, that's it's not out of the realm of possibility. There's going to be so many, it, but it's certainly a possibility. I would say. Well, if Edmondson comes in and even gets to three quarters of what Mo is doing, at that point, you're going to have two really, really high. I mean, I, I already say Mo Sider is a top ten defenseman in the league. And I think as the season went on and after you won the caller and you go back and look at it and you rank him, I think he's there. I think he's in the top 10. If you get Edvinson in there, I mean, and you've got maybe two of the best 
I'm not going to say best defenseman in the league, but if Edvinson could become in his first season, a top pairing defenseman and they're both under 23. I mean, that's absolutely insane. So there's, I mean, storyline after storyline after storyline, I think to the point where the NHL is nationally not going to be able to ignore the Detroit Red Wings. It'll be they're, fun to watch uh, Nick Costanica because he covers a lot of the wing stuff and he's obviously writing for NHL.com. So yep. if he, uh, you start seeing a lot of smoke coming out of him, that's, that's going to be a good thing. I also think that ESPN did a pretty good job in terms of talking about the wings on their shows and, and especially I think they did a good job season. of spreading out coverage. Yeah. 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 Early they, in the season, I thought like Bucci and a lot of those guys were kind of pumping the wings tires. And, and when Bucci would come in to do the games, like he, he was pretty high on the Red Wings. And, you know, even when they were going through their dry spell that they were going through halfway through the season, or, you know, when stuff started to go south, mm-hmm. like they were still kind of pumping the wings tires and still putting the wings on, you know, pretty marquee games on ESPN. So like, I, I feel just like ESPN just still hasn't gotten the memo. That's not 1990 anymore, but uh, you know, I, I do think that on a serious note though, I do think that the good times are coming and, and I think that right, rightfully so, what Greg said, they're gonna have to they're gonna have no choice but to talk about the Red Wings because there's just so much to talk about. And not to mention that you have one of the best general managers in the National Hockey League. It may be the best general manager. He hasn't gotten his Stanley Cup yet, but that's gonna come at some point. I know we kind of give him the Tampa Bay ones, but he wasn't really there. So Yeah, he built the team though. And that's that's kind of where I'm going with that. Yeah. So, I mean, he's going to get one at some point. And I mean, when he does, we're, we're all going to be like, oh, the moment this was going to happen at some point. But if if Detroit manages to win a Stanley Cup with Steve Eiserman at the helm as the GM, and they know not only do they do it, but if they manage to win it at home. Yeah. There's going to be, I think, more excitement when he gets to touch the cup. Than anybody else. Captain at that point in time. I think that we are going to do a live broadcast from the parade when that happens. <laughs> oh, I agree. Yeah. We'll be Deal. we will be broadcasting live from the Detroit Red Wings Stanley Cup parade. But I think another another storyline going into the season is coaching. And and that's too. I mean, you got Derek Lalone, who's in his first head coaching job. Mm-hmm. And if he just excels from the start, and I'm gonna knock on wood because I'm not gonna jinx myself. But if he excels from the start, I mean, and we get off to a hot start because look at the hot start Jeff Blaschel got off to last season. And you've got, again, a better team this season. You've mm-hmm. got better. You, you made your defense formidable. And that's one thing that people have already started to talk about is you went from having possibly the league's worst defense to putting together a formidable defensive core that will be able to stop pucks, but then can also provide some offense. And if he can get off to the same kind of start that Blash did and sustain it, then you're looking at a wild card spot. And that's another storyline. Red Wings go from dead to alive in with new coaching, with uh, the moves Iserman made in the offseason, with rookies and maybe Berggren comes in, Edvinson. And there's just a lot to... And again, we're talking positively. It's amazing. Welcome to the Positive Grindline Podcast Hour, where we talk <laughs> positively about the team because there are positive things to talk about. And you just get all these happy, fun storylines going in where we're going to hopefully have a hard time finding negative things to talk about. Well, the other one we're not talking about either is a second year for Lucas Raymond. Yeah. Where, where, like, where, where, how much better can he go from year one to year two? I said, um, I, I did say something about this and I will find the tweet while you're talking. I just think that the sky's the limit for the wings. I really do. I just think that I'm not saying playoffs because I don't want to be that person to say playoffs, but I think that there's a strong chance that they're playing important games down the stretch in March and April. And I think that's really kind of the goal here. I think you're trying to build towards where you want to be, which is, you know, a a playoff team and then to go from a playoff team to a contender. And then I guess to go from that jump from a contender to a Stanley cup contender is a whole different thing. But I mean, if there's a a guy that can, can, you know, put the team in the right position to do that, 
it's Steve Eiserman. Now the team has to go out there and do it. You know, there's, there's been, uh, Brian, I don't have to remind you, Greg, I don't have to remind you, Dombrowski put the Tigers in great spots to win World Series and it just didn't happen. Yep. So, I mean, sometimes it just doesn't happen. But if, there, if there's a guy that's going to put the team in the right position to win a championship, it's Steve Eisenman. And, I mean, that's all you can really hope for as a fan. And then, you know, a lot of it comes down to luck after that, unfortunately. So who had the correct uh, prediction before the season on Lucas Raymond? This guy. I said 50 points, 25, 25. He did 23 and 35 for 57. What did I have? I'd have to go back and look, but you guys are both okay. wrong. No, you don't have to go so. back and look. <laughs> well, I'd have to go back and listen because I don't yeah. think I actually put mine out there. So, no, we did. We all predicted, and I was correct. No, I have to go and listen to it again. So, I think next season, Tyler, Lucas Raymond, 35 goals, 45 assists, ooh. or 80 points. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Wow. See, now that's what we're talking about. That's exactly like the the ascension if yep. that's a word that we're looking that is for. a word <laughs> that means to go up. very good proper <laughs> yeah. you say no like i said that that's the ascension that we're hoping for we don't want him to go from 50 points backwards to 48 or we don't want him to slump like larkin did in his sophomore year yeah right larkin had that really hot start and he kind of hit a wall and then he picked it back up and then the second year was kind of, yeah, you're right, like a, a sophomore slump kind of thing. I don't think we're in for that, just given the fact of how talented this team's going to be and how talented the guys that Lucas Raymond's going to be playing with. I will tell you that Adam Ernie will not be on the top line at all no. anymore next season. So No, no more <laughs> Luke Glenn Dennings on the top line. No more Adam Ernie's on the top line. I think the big one for me, if we see that – same output from Raymond on the power play. Yeah. That's going to be huge. And you got to feel like for the moves they made that the power play will be better. So you got to make the assumption, of course, that that's going to go up because he had five goals, 13 assists on the power play. And then couple that with the fact that now you've got a better roster behind you outside of just your top six. Mm Mm-hmm opening up hopefully more opportunity and that that also gives you the flexibility to move him around in your top six not necessarily just strictly top line minutes because you're not going to be hurt if say you dropped him down to the first line and you've got verana with burton larkin and then your second line's cop peron and raymond yep i think you're going to be okay either way now granted everyone needs to be healthy but i don't think you're too crazy. I mean, I think just getting to 60 points, 70 maybe would be a huge win. Anything more than what he's got now, obviously, is an improvement. That's the simplest way to put it, of course. So I would shoot for 70. I think that's a win. But I mean, with this roster, who knows what could happen? Is it a stretch to say that? I shouldn't say that. Someone said that if the Wings make the playoffs, it'll be a miracle. I don't think it would be a miracle. No. I really don't. I mean, we talked about this, was it last week with Keith, about how, or a couple weeks ago, like the the distribution of points is likely going to happen this year. You're not going to see, ideally, and this is just us being back to the tinfoil hat, teams running away with the with the division no. and the conference. I don't think so. So you've got to assume, hopefully, again, that those points are getting distributed amongst some of these lower tier teams like Detroit and they're stealing some games. But if you've got Lucas Raymond now putting up 70 points or more, that's likely stealing games. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? It's Greg here from the grind line podcast with a message from manscaped growing out your playoff beard. Let that thing loose up top, but our friends at manscaped are here to help you avoid a jumbo Joe downstairs. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming want to save your hockey pucks from a slap shot and crunch time this playoff season. Four million men worldwide trust Manscaped to prepare them for the Stanley Cup. Join them and go to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code GRINDLINE. Shaving your ball starts with the perfect package for your package, the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and has a 400K LED spotlight when you need a more precise shave. The Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer is also included in this package. 
which is also waterproof, uses skin safe technology. So you can keep the unnecessary roughness on the ice where it belongs. There is no more pinching. There is no more pulling. There's no more crying because you're ripping out your nose hairs, shaves them clean off with no issues at all whatsoever. The crop preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant to keep your ball sticking to your legs from end to end. No one will be chirping you anymore. The crop reviver is a spray on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your balls a moost. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag. Amazing bag, super soft, has just enough room for all the tools plus some extras. It's not too big. Uh, my problem is generally that the bags are too small and cannot fit everything. So I end up throwing extra stuff in a backpack. This bag is just the right size. The boys will be buzzing this Stanley Cup lineup from Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GRINDLINE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code GRINDLINE at manscaped.com. Don't be a goon fighting your bush with the wrong trimmer. Choose the right tools for the job this playoff season with Manscaped. And especially you talk about the goaltending too. The goaltending should be better. Will be better. It will, yeah, like it will it be, be better. It has to be well, better. The defense has to be better. The goal, if the, if that's the case, then the, the goaltending will will be better. Ned's not going to be playing as much. He's not going to be in a in a stretch where he plays what eight nine games in a row without sure. much of a, a breather. And he's going to so, have a better defense in front of him. It, a better defense, and then I think we're going to score more too. So that's going to help as well. So what you're saying is there's not going to be any more um, like eleven to two blowouts against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't think so. I think or, those days or nine to nine to whatever against Arizona. But the other part too is Mo Sider had seven goals and forty three assists in fifty games last season. Oh, so let's bump enough. Mo's. Let's bump his goals up to fifteen. Let's bump his assists up to fifty five. Okay. So you're looking right there at a what a seventy point season for Mo. And I mean, as a defenseman, the only people that do stuff like that are who? Kale McCarr? Old Eric Carlson. Well, old Eric Young Carlson. Eric Carlson, I guess I should say. Yeah, the, uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean age, Eric Carlson. I mean, Kale McCarr had 86 points in 77 games last season. Yeah, Roman Yossi. Uh, Victor Hedman had 85 points in 82 games. So in year two, if you look back at Makar, Makar's second season, he had 44 points in 44 games. So he was a point-per-game player in 2020-21. If Mo Sider could get up to 70, if Mo Sider could get 70 points in 82 games, even though he is a more defensive guy, he has the offense, Ben Sherratt could free him up a lot more to do what he needs to do, run around, shoot pucks, whatever. He has no problem laying the body himself. If you could get Mo to 70 points, if you can get Lucas Raymond to 80, if you can have Larkin hit his, and if Lucas Raymond's getting 80 points, Larkin at this point is over a point per game. Maybe Larkin's a 95 point guy. He's finally hitting that point per game or more. You've got Bert. That's, I mean, the last couple of years, those, those two guys outside of injuries were playing at a near point of game pace. You've got now they're, over, now they're over that at a healthy Verona at David Perron. At Dominic Kubelik, out of Andrew Kopp. This could Adam be a not very the worst power play in the league. And again, we're blue sky. Right I mean, this could be a very dangerous team next season. And or I think that's what we're most we could be excited entirely about. Entirely let down. Oh yeah, it could go either way. I mean, yeah, I, as a sports <laughs> fan, you want your you you want to look for your team to. I shouldn't say be positive because you know, as a sports fan, you have to be objective too. Yep. But like. In this case, I feel like you have to be excited for, you know, what's to come. There's mm-hmm. a lot of good things to be excited about. Now, there's certain things that there's questions about, like how's the power play going to look? Is it going to be better? Uh, what are the specialty teams in general going to look like? But, I mean, overall, the roster is much better than it was on opening night last year, and that's all you can ask for. I mean, well, if you've got – Mo Sider coming in at an Adam Fox clip, the, just how, at what he was at this past year. He was at 74 points. And unless I miss somebody, because I'm not on like ESPN or something or NHL.com, that 74 points for defenseman was number four scoring defenseman. John Carlson was right after that at 71. If that's where Mo's at, he's a top five scoring defenseman in the league. 
as well as being one of the top defensive defensemen in the league. Yeah. So, so yeah. That is, I mean, granted, it's not a Roman Yossi who had 96 points this year. But if you're if if you're just top 10 in scoring as a defenseman, mm-hmm. like in this group, like along with this, you got Quinn Hughes, Chris Letang, which is still surprising to me. Uh, Morgan Riley, and then got to keep going down. Sorry, it's got everyone here, but you get where I'm going with it. And Aaron Eckblad at 57, and he was the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, the tenth scoring, highest scoring defenseman in the league. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Who wasn't very far behind that? Yeah, Mo. Exactly. So I think it'll be interesting going into next season. I think that's all the stuff we have for tonight. Again, next week, O'Nyquist will be coming on to talk uh, Red Wings hockey and the outlook on next season and why he's excited for the moves that they made. But I want to get you guys' final thoughts before we sign off. And I'm going to start with Ryan because Tyler looks disengaged. So I'm going to start with Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I I don't really have much tonight. I mean, it's slow. I'm afraid of how excited we get right now. Only because no, get I don't excited. Wanna, this is the season to get excited, Ryan. Get excited. I, I don't want to say that I was excited for the Tigers, but I also wasn't expecting to be so fucking disappointed. Oh yeah, no, same. So I'm trying not to get to that level because I mean I didn't think it could be much worse for the Tigers, and it, it actually has been. So, but it's hard not to get excited for what the Red Wings potentially have upcoming this season, and it's not only in Detroit, but also what could be in Grand Rapids compared to last year. So, I mean, if we don't have Evans in here, now you're going to have him with uh, potentially Bergeron, Soderblom, and Chase Pearson. Yep. A lot of young talent down there. Donovan Sobrango, who just also got announced as the uh, an assistant captain for Team Canada. Yep. Um, I mean, there's... As well as COSA making Team Canada. Yep, sorry. So, there's a lot of excitement here and at the AHL level. And that's a good thing. We haven't had that in a really long time. I mean, Grand Rapids, maybe, but yeah. I don't, and the fact that we're only, what, how far out from camp? A month and a half? month and ish? a half. Yeah, no, it, it's exciting. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, guys, stay, all I care about at this point is just stay healthy. So maybe it's going to be different because most of the guys are going to be here stateside. Not a lot of people, hopefully not too many coming back from Europe in the sort, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. So already Ryan 33. Yeah. My final thoughts are kind of going back to what Ryan said, the world juniors. Um, you know, I've always been a huge world juniors fan and I know a lot of friends of mine and people that, are, that follow me on Twitter. Um, big world junior fans. And so, I mean, we got six more days until the world junior starts. So there will be hockey on TV Mm -hmm. uh, in the middle of August, which is fantastic. And not only just hockey, but it's, you know, some of the brightest young stars in the, you know, upcoming NHL draft and, and that have already been drafted and stuff. So I'm really looking forward to that to see how the United States plays. And most importantly, how the wings prospects play, um, in the world juniors, I didn't look at team Sweden, so I'm not sure on if there's any Swedish um, prospects. You need to look at team USA. There is a couple on team USA, right? Carter Mazer. And I believe Mazur. Rob uh, red savage and maybe Robert master Simone. Master Simone. I thought made it as well. Cause I don't know. Are the rosters like officially out? Not all of them. Um, elite prospect or not elite prospects. Team Canada released theirs today. So, I saw. Yeah, I haven't seen an official. Maybe. I haven't seen an official Team USA roster. I know there are still cuts to be made. I think they have to be made in the next couple of days. Well, anyways, looking forward to the World Juniors because at that point it's pretty much all steam ahead. You know, to hockey season, we get the World Juniors. I think it ends in. I think it starts on the ninth and ends on the 20th or something like that. And then you only have a couple more weeks until NHL training camps open up. And from there it's, it's full steam ahead. It's hockey from October until, you know, whenever it ends 
hopefully so, in the playoffs. But um, yeah, those are my final thoughts. You can follow me on Twitter at SealVog91. So right now they're looking at fit. They have 15 forwards on their roster for the 2022 World Junior Championships. The two Red Wings that are on for Team USA are Carter Mazer and Red Savage. Those are the ones that are still on that could be cut, but the cuts have not happened yet. So. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, my final thoughts are going to be, I am choosing to go into this season excited, um, blissfully excited, just stupid, uh, to the point of where we haven't been able to be this excited before, but again, picks and writing this time. Yeah, we're going to write them down, but again, go, uh, go enter our contest, go give money to Vladdy, win a signed book, maybe win some shirts, uh, go in there and and just, we want to do all we can on that front. We're going to try and get some other stuff together in that respect as well. If you go to, again, you follow me on right online at bring the wing. You follow grind podcast online at grind Line pod. Uh, we like to give a shout out to the hockey podcast network at hockey Podnet on Twitter uh, for spreading us around and hosting us and keeping our podcast up there and getting us in front of new people. We've grown exponentially recently. I mean, we're for the year we're at over 12,000 unique listeners. So thank everyone who is listening to us out there all over the world. Uh, I also like to give a shout out to bring hockey back. Yeah. Or if you use the code grindline, you get 12% off your order. If you use that same promo code on Howie's hockey tape, you get 10% off your order. We also give a shout out to manscaped where if you use the promo code grindline, you get 20% off plus free shipping. And a shout out to Vintage Detroit, which is the only place you should get your Detroit jerseys. I don't think you're going to be getting a Tigers jersey anytime soon. Don't tell, don't tell Detroit Dan that. You can get your Red Wings jersey even if they change makers to Fanatics. You'll be able to get them there. Uh, but that is going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.